is an order, an agency, one that holds allegiance to no king, no magistrate, no governing body. This order takes on the problems and issues too bizarre or too dangerous for any normal investigative organization. They right wrongs, they protect the innocent, they safeguard the world. They are known as the Circle. At least, they were. For the Circle has fallen. Those agents that remain are now fugitives. And after barely escaping with their lives, the surviving members continue their ongoing quest to safeguard all of Eberron while seeking to root out the source of their misfortune and rebuild the Circle anew. This is their story. Hi, everyone. Holy hand baskets. We usually have... Uh, Laramie Lundy here, uh, who plays Dekos Zanwin, our Eladrin uh, Eldritch Knight, but he's unable to make it today. Uh, this is his so last name? We will... Zanwin? Yeah, Zanwin's his last name. Oh. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think we ever actually, I don't think we did go through that. That is his last name before. We've been traveling with him for almost three years and we never have heard his last name. No, no, no he's a lot. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So it's only been the past nine months real last name okay that's cool. true that's true that's true he's just grandpa it's fine it's grandpa. He's, he's grandpa even, he's even though he's not really grandpa anymore but that's a whole thing we'll get to that uh we're back uh not only for our first episode streaming but it's our season four premiere uh which is also episode 56 for those of you who've been following along with what this usually has been which was a podcast and it will still be a podcast, those of you still listening, hello, um, of our adventures in Eberron. Uh, so if you haven't checked this out yet, uh, the entire first, second, and third seasons are already out on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and wherever else you get your podcasts. So please check us out. Uh, listen to all of the back episodes. They're a lot of fun. Um, a lot of hilarity, a lot of ridiculousness. We really get ridiculous. Um, and tell your friends if you're if you like what you hear and see now today. Uh, tell your friends about it. However, those of you who are just joining us for the first time, you all have missed some things. So, allow me to fill you in on what you've missed. Our party started off as rookie graduates from the Circle Academy and are partnered with each other and their supervising special agent, Shiro Q. Kavare, and are tasked with investigating a strange murder. From there, those rookie agents are embroiled in an investigation where they discover the existence of an ancient text known as the Book of Shadows that's being sought after by a nefarious cult known only as the Hands of Dust that are seemingly led by a mysterious skinwalker. They travel to the kingdom of Andair via airship to gather information and figure out the whereabouts of said skinwalker, but it is there that they find an unexpected ally in the king of Andair, Ashara, and her friend and archmage, Emrys Malak, 
The pair tasked them with investigating a strange occurrence at the Star Speaks Observatory. It's there that they find the skinwalker Ankaria and learn her story, fighting her and freeing her from the control of what turned out to be a Rakshasa called Durastoran, a powerful member of the fabled Lords of Dust. They are all but outmatched when they are saved by the arcane assault of Archmage Emrys, who is able to banish the Starling adversary and give them a brief history of their own entanglement. It is also during that time that the party does lose one of its original members. Tris Clawborn, the Shadow Sorceress, winds up leaving the group to join a mysterious cabal of magic users known only as the Order of Shadows. King Ashara rewards the party with a brand new airship, though, and a promise to aid them wherever they may need. Upon their return to the agency, they are immediately greeted by the Circle's subdirector, a bronze dragonborn sword mage, sword mage named Korth Anaros, who immediately awards them commendations and informs them of their next assignment. It seems that a pair of famed ethnomagicologist bards have made their way back into the Feywild and had gone missing soon after. It is then revealed that the bards themselves are Jasper and Ariane Goodsong, Jazz's parents. Not only that, but the gatekeepers, which is the Circle's Feywild branch, sent an agent of their own to assist them. Captain Orla Talion, daughter of Chief Korosak and long-lost love to Jazz. After this awkward reunion, the party make preparations and venture through the danger of the Mornlands to reach the manifest zone that serves as their gateway to the Feywild. Upon entering the Feywild, another awkward reunion between Jazz and Korosak is had, and many promises are made, but also information is gathered. Uh, whoops. <laughs> I lost my place for a second. Information is gathered, and it is learned that the good songs were last seen venturing into the Deadlands towards the Temple of the Forgotten. While camping outside the temple, another unexpected reunion occurred between Idris and his abandoned fiance, a necromancer named Clara Ray where we learn of his origins and that he is not really an elderly elf, but a younger elf whose youth was stolen from him by a being called Kavar the Devourer. It turns out that Clara had been tracking Idris not long after his flight from the Undying Court, and she pledges to travel with him and help him gain his youth back however he can. But there is yet another reunion occurring with Ozma and her long-lost love, Zaz, where she finds out that he had left her mother's ship to tend to more important business, he, required, he requites her affections and also reveals a huge secret that he had been keeping from both her and her mother, that he, too, is an agent of the Circle. The next morning, the party entered the temple and learned that the structure was originally a temple to the god known only as the Traveler, now defiled and corrupted by Kavar. The party eventually find the good songs, but find them aged beyond reasoning and weakened. They reveal that a malevolent entity had robbed them of their youth. Kavar's voice taunts them from the shadows, beckoning the party to follow. Though Idris has to task Clara with getting the good songs back to Shaylora Lindar, the party does follow through catacombs and an underground drow settlement. These drow had been under the control of the devourer, and after a brief battle were convinced that the party could free them from Kavar. But at last, the party make their way to Kavar's throne, and Idris and Kavar remark on their reunion before battle commences. It's a hard-fought battle, but the party come out victorious, and Idris is restored to his more youthful self. In the remains of the Devourer is also a powerful void blade, Idris's sacred weapon. Upon grasping it, he is finally empowered to use his true name once again, Dekos Zanwo. Upon returning to the village, the party find that the good, good songs, too, 
have regained their youthful natures and are accompanied by Clara and a hooded figure who reveals himself to be none other than THE Traveler. After thanking the party, and maybe a little making out with Ozma, he teleports the party, including Orla, back to Eberron and the city <coughs> of Sharn, where they find a the city a war zone as the battle between the Church of the Silver Flame and the Circle rages. Our party is almost overtaken by a regiment of, of silver paladins when they are rescued and picked up by their own airship, piloted by Tobin Rath, an undercover agent who had posed the Skycap driver earlier on in the campaign. They enter the airship and flee, finding a couple of their fellow agent friends, their quartermasters, the Carreras, and their head of forensics, Desi, are all alive and whole. They also find their supervisor, Shiro, unconscious, his metal arm ripped from his body, as well as subdirector Corrin, comatose and missing one of his eyes. As they flee Sharn and head towards Undair, they receive a radio message that the director of the circle, Samara, is dead, and that every circle outpost across Eberron has fallen. The party, after an encounter with another paladin captain in the air, must make it safely or makes it safely to Undair, where they are taken to the now floating capital of Fairhaven, also under siege by their neighbors, the Silver Flame Capital Nation of Thrain. King Ashara grants our survivors refuge and medical attention as they all deal with the trauma of this recent development. As they are dealing with this, the party meets half-elf and former student of Desi, Kaladon. They learn that she is now the only survivor of her circle enclave and embrace her as one of their own. The party then decide two things. One, the circle must be rebuilt, rebuilt, for without it, Eberron would fall to much darker powers. And two, the injustice done to them must be righted, and their fallen comrades must be avenged. Ashara informs them that there may be powers within the world that are able to assist them in this task. And she points them into the direction of one such power, a being called Gorfim, thought to be a druid of immense power, and the group, newly purposed, ventures out the next day to locate this being deep within the Whisper Wood. When they find him, however, he is not what they expect, as he is an eldritch being, Originally created to devour and destroy, but was taught instead to love and nurture by the dragon guardian of the forest, Ratatasker. The party also learned that he, Ratatasker, and one other were the founding members of the circle itself. He then sends them on a quest into the demon wastes to locate an old friend of his, a tiefling monk and warlock named Kai, who would be, ah, who would be able to assist them in their mission. They learn that he is in the city of Ataxklaa, Ax I always have trouble with this name. Ask Takala. Searching for the hidden temple to the Raven Queen that lay underneath, hoping to find a sacred weapon there. The party traveled through the Eldine reaches and across the Icehorn Mountains and braved the fabled labyrinth where, the, where they survive a mad beholder called Devarnim the Curious, collecting the eye stalks from, the, from his corpse to use later. And with the help of a clan of orc druids known as the Gosh Kala, the party make it to the city of Ashkatala and enter the hidden temple. Fighting undead and treasure-hunting bandits there, the party encounters Kai, who agrees to their request after recovering the sacred sword from his mistress, the Waven Queen, who addresses the party herself and unlocks a particularly emotional memory in Osmond, leading more into her own origins. After fighting a group of the hideous Sorosworn, the party, with the help of Kai's wife, a jinn named Adha, 
Kai and the party are able to escape through the Astral Sea and arrive back at Castle Fairhaven, where King Ashara awaits them with a box addressed to Caledon from her former lover and fellow agent, Elos Valiaren. Before Katie can open the box, however, the king speaks of a message she received from the once-thought-dead kingdom of Zantashk in the continent of Zendrik. They learn that the nation's king, Bootsy Rollins the Funky, is dying, and, as he has no living heirs to the throne, is holding a battle of the bards to determine who shall be the next ruler of the Song Coast. They have also learned that the pirate queen, Silva the Shade, is also planning a siege on the Song Coast, and it's assembling the might of her cannon fleets to do so, and that the Circle's aid will be most welcome in defending the nation. Ozma is visibly distressed by this, and reveals that the reason for this is that Silver the Shade is her mother. It's after this that Katie opens the box, revealing a message orb with a holographic message for her from Elios, Elos, sorry, that reveals that the Circle was infiltrated by the agents of the Silver Flame, and betrayed from within by a group he called the Council of the Seven, which he revealed he was a member, until he found that Lord Paladin Reinhardt was speaking to a dark and malevolent shadow from within the Silver Flame itself, and referring to it as Master. It was then that Ellos realized that he had been on the wrong side all along, and opted to fight against the corrupted Silver Flame instead, hoping to minimize the damage done to the Circle, but losing his life in the process. He had also sent, however, enclosed in a secret compartment of his dagger, the list of the remaining members of the council, one of whom is revealed to be one of Kai's blood, who he had already murdered mere weeks ago, another whom is the adopted father of former agent Triss Clawborn, and another who lives close by in the City of Passage, and notes that each of these figures have, might have more information about what's going on than he did but that also their deaths would send a clear message to the Silver Flame, as well as the entity that they are working for. The party decide that before they venture off to Zantash, that they would take care of the target in passage, a nobleman named Oberon of House Orion. They teleport to the city and ambush him while he is in private worship at the Church of the Everlight. They easily corner and dispatch him and his guards, make it marking one of the betrayers off of the list before going back to Castle Fairhaven to prepare for the next step of their journey which is where we find ourselves tonight. So, last when we left off last episode, you all had just teleported into the, uh, the, the, uh, the Arboretum within Castle Fairhaven. And the guard is now taking you back to the main palace to meet with King Ashar. As you enter the double doors, and into the main throne room. King Ashara sits in thought on her throne. A scroll of papers in front of her. You see her in her mahogany skin, beautifully adorned uh, in a lovely pearl crown that sits atop the halo of tight brown curls that sits upon her head. She's not dressed in her usual uh, livery. She is wearing more or less what amounts to kind of a Victorian riding outfit. Uh, a loose white blouse with a uh, beautiful brown corset inlaid with silver filigree. 
brown riding pants and about knee-high leather boots. Uh, Her attendants, a pair of uh, elves, stand nearby, both adorned in silver and gold armor. As the door opens and you walk in, she lifts her head slowly. Ah, I see that you have returned. Word of Lord Orion's death reached me quite quickly, almost as quickly as you. So, I imagine that there was little to no problem, given how quickly this all transpired. Yes. This is true. And Jazz, as, as as you speak, can you describe what your character looks like for our for our viewers? Jazz, he too has mahogany skin. He has a high top of dreads. He wears uh, a breastplate with uh, his circle uniform underneath. His uh, eyes are strange and sort of magenta since he's gained his new friend in Saif. And uh, he always looks like he's having a good time. Excellent. And King Ashara nods to you. That's what you hear. I was. I count myself initially concerned, knowing the stature of the former Lord Oberon. But I am glad to see that you have not only survived but have excelled in your task. Uh, was there anything of note that you learned during your conflict? She looks around at all of you. Katie, do you remember? Am I there? Yes. You are. Oh. Oh. No, you were not left there. Behind, yeah. You got left behind. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so unless you come to get me, I'm probably meditating something. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for reminding me. Yes, that's very much the truth. I'll do a history check to see if Jazz remembers. <laughs> okay. What, what, uh, what Lord? What was his name? Lord uh, <clears throat> Oberon? Oberon. Oberon de Orion. Twenty. Okay. So with the twenty, you remember uh, you, you, he didn't really get a chance to speak much as the moment you all walked into the church, uh, you assaulted him with a whole person spell and, and then proceeded <laughs> to just lay all manner of smackdown upon him. <laughs> Make this sound like we weren't justified. We were there for one business to murk this gentleman, and he done got murked. Right. Yeah. You're not wrong. <laughs> But you did, you did proceed to, to completely just like incapacitate and just mollywop him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say across 
the the church, but he didn't move. He couldn't move. <laughs> you just held in position. You hammered the crap out of him. His guards, however, his shadow guards, you do recall, uh, mostly oh, yeah. surrendered, uh, and those that lived on uh, at first were eager to to speak. There was one uh, guard that was very very afraid, and for good reason, as you remember uh, this inky black shadow mass uh, that tore through both him and the rest of the surviving guards, killing them all in the process and basically forming into this kind of amorphous, uh, dark entity that spoke to you, threatening your lives for a moment before dissipating into nothing. Well, we seem to have drawn the ire of some other powerful, shadowy being, so I suppose more of the same. And and Lucius, could you go ahead and describe what you look like for our audience as you're speaking? Uh, Lucius is, uh, as we mentioned, another half-elf. Um, he comes he comes from a minor noble family, uh, very, very uh, attentive to his presentation and looks. Um always decked out in uh, the finest robes he can find, favors blues and silvers. Awesome. And as uh, King Ashara looks to you, Lucius, my lord flag, I'm very glad to see that you have survived and that uh, also very, very disturbed to hear of these shadow creatures. Uh, do you think that they might have been the same uh, ilk that uh, Master Elos spoke of in his message to Kaledan, and she and, and before, you, he says, before you answer that, hang on a moment, and she looks towards one of the guards, kind of beckons her forward uh, and please uh, go and retrieve uh, Lady Kaledan from her meditations in the gardens uh, and bring her forth, the rest of her party has arrived and the Guard immediately stands at attention, bows, shall be done, my liege, and marches off through a set of doorways, uh, as you know, that lead to uh, the garden area. Uh, and before we get to you, Katie, uh, Ashara uh, is, do you think that they are related to that particular entity at all? Would that be something that you would surmise? Or do you think it's something else, something different? It wouldn't surprise me if they are connected. Uh, frankly, this has been a bit of a thread we've been tugging on literally since we all came together. So it ah. would not surprise me in the slightest if that was still rearing its head. Yes, I briefly recall uh, Shiro once mentioning that there were some dealings between you all and the the lords of dust and the hands of dust, which memory serves. If this is the entity that I am fearing, it is. I really, really hope it is not. Uh, that it is. Uh, it would make sense that the hands of dust, the lords of dust, and that Rakshasa bastard Durostoran uh, would be involved. And she 
scratches at her forehead and shakes her head. This was more than I anticipated. Uh, the thread just gets deeper and deeper, doesn't it? So it would appear, my king. And as we, as you say that, we'll cut to the other guard. Uh, Katie, you are sitting in the garden and you're meditating, yes? What, what are you, I, I, as you're meditating, I'd like you to go ahead and describe your character for us. Okay, she's um, sitting in lotus position and kind of facing west, the direction of the sunset. Um, as I'm not sure what time of day it is, I presume the sun is going it is, down. Yeah, it's about around sunset, from cool, dusk. Absolute favorite time of the day. Mm -hmm. um, so she's sitting there in a pretty traditional but simplistic, though finely made navy blue gi. Uh, she has uh, hand wraps for beating the shit out of things that are sort of colored in the motif of a sunset. So very light yellow and orange at the elbows and then descending into a crimson around the knuckles, which hides the blood, which we like. <laughs> um, that long, wavy, dark brown hair that's sort of half up, and uh, she's got across her knees uh, a quarterstaff that appears to be two different types of wood that have been wound together into a repeating sort of infinity sign motif. And she wears the infinity sign, um, holy symbol of her goddess, Mishakal, as she's sitting there um, centering herself and... Um, embracing and managing the deep emotions that she's been grappling with. Nice. And you sit uh, in this, uh, what is essentially this lush garden area. Um, uh, you know it to, to be King Ashara's private gardens. She has lent you, uh, given your emotional state uh, when we last left you. Uh, and as you take your breaths and try to center and clear your mind. Uh, you, you're actually, go ahead and make a, a perception check for me. Perception check. Sorry, I need you to That's all right. Okay, great. Uh, so with the 21, uh, you, you feel before you're able to hear soft footsteps, uh, as the guard is trying very, very hard to not disturb you or to not startle you, uh, while you're meditating. You're receiving very cool and then very unfazed by what they're walking in. Like um, I will rise fluidly to my feet and turn and sort of uh, incline my head respectfully towards the guard to let them know that they're welcome here. Good evening. The guard, in, the guard bows back. Good evening, Mistress Caledon. Um, Her Grace has sent me to you to inform you that your comrades have returned from the task. And, so quickly. Uh, uh, yes, it seems that they had a rather uh, easy time of it. Nothing brings me more joy. Thank you very much. Lead on. And he, uh, she rather, uh, will lead you towards 
the throne room. Um, in the meantime, shooting back to the throne room, uh, King Ashara uh, is now kind of tapping at her chin. Uh, she looks to you, Ozma. Uh, so, I take it that you all will be making your way towards Zantashk then? Seems so. And Ozma, why don't you go ahead and describe uh, yourself for us all? Um, Ozma's of middling height. Um, she definitely favors her human side because she's a half elf. Um, she has olive skin, hair that looks like it was cut with a dagger very quickly, possibly in frustration. Um, (laughs) (laughs) probably in frustration. Um, she wears a rather large and kind of, kind of almost too big pirates-esque coat that we bought in Adair a long, long time ago. A while ago. A while ago. During your first, very first visit. During our very first visit. So it's definitely a little beat up. She doesn't take care of her things very well. Unless they're the large crossbow that she got from a particular, a particular (laughs) gentleman named Magnus, um, Magnus. um, that she wears across her back, um, two daggers at her hips at all times, and another one tucked in her boot. Um, (laughs) And she is consistently, when not inebriated, kind of tapping her feet, moving her hands around. She's kind of like a ball of energy, so that's currently what she's kind of doing right now, and she's not really in the best mood considering what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Ashara nods ahead. I know that this is uh, a bit difficult for you, considering your mother's involvement in these affairs now. Um, but we will not send you unprepared, not wholly, uh, as your airship has been fully refitted and repaired. Fabulous, because if we're going to go up against Mommy dearest, we better be ready to go. I know those ships inside and out, and we're up for some fun. Hmm. She she kind of laughs a little bit, and she nods her head. <laughs> Perhaps with your knowledge of uh, those ships inside and out, as you say, uh, that could lead to some uh, fun dismantling times for you, I wager. Absolutely. I've been waiting for this for a really long time, honestly. <laughs> oh my goodness! So, I'm, I'm, I am to, uh, to take it that you and your mother are not on the best terms. You could say that. Hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a charitable way to say that. Charitable. <laughs> charitable. Oh. oh my! And she. She's not one of my mother's herself. fine qualities either. So. <laughs> oh, I have heard many a tale of Silver the Shade. Uh, Luckily, she has not ventured her way uh, to this side of the continent, but uh, we are prepared for her should she make such a uh, a move, or at least I hope that we are. But you would know her better than I, so I would leave that judgment to you. I I would say to never underestimate her. I have in the past, and here I am. Ah, that is, that is both reassuring and troubling. 
the same time. I don't think if she'll stab her own daughter in the back, she will turn on anyone. Ah, intriguing. Very intriguing. Okay, I am definitely not a fan of her. Um, <laughs> that is, uh, yes. Yes. Okay. And she turns to Dakos, who stands as a tall Aladrin, dark hair, uh, very clean shaven, and very much a handsome uh, Aladrin elf, uh, <laughs> wearing armor, uh, kind of silvery armor. Uh, it's kind of segmented at the breastplate and leading down one arm where there is uh, hints of where a buckler should be, but there isn't one. Uh, he carries what looks to be a broken sword hilt uh, at his side that you've all seen uh, his void blade in action and know that it is far more than a broken hilt. Uh, and he still with his arms folded. Well, oh, this is going to be uh, something uh, spectacular, if nothing else. Um... I can't say that I'm excited to leave our uh, our list undone, but uh, if I remember right, there's someone on the way uh, in Stormreach. Is, is that not correct? Hmm. And King Ashara nods. Yes, I do recall that there is one such person in Stormreach. I am. Unable to recall their names, but you all have the full list, so I will trust you to track them down should you have the moment. And she then turns to Orla and inclines her head with a warm smile. Tell me, my dear, how do you fare in all of this? And before you answer, I'd like you to go ahead and describe your character for us as well. Oh, yes. She inclines her head with a warm smile and asks, And how are you faring in all of this, my dear? Um, so, for Orla, she is a Ladrian. She's pretty tall, she has like a kind of muscular athletic build. She has a very curly, like, coarse, dark red hair. She wears, uh, always wears it like a single braid, like, down her back. Let's see, she has dark green eyes. She kind of tends to prefer like leathers and fur, um, and, like kind of what she wears. Um, I think it pretty much covers her like physically. And I can't remember if you're still wearing the uh, the cloak of leaves or not. I, I still have him. Oh, the, uh, your, the bark skin coat. The bark skin coat, that's what it was. Yeah. You know, I, <laughs> Sorry. It's cool. It's been, it's been a minute. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, how do you answer uh, Her Majesty? I've just been trying to keep up the best I can and keep my spirits up. Well, you have your, your love there with you, so I imagine that that is not difficult. She gestures to jazz and 
she turns next to you, Ash. I imagine that this is all very interesting for you, Master Druid. And she kind of gives you kind of a knowing look. Uh, Ash, would you go ahead and describe yourself for our audience, please? Ash is that person that you would probably want to avoid if you ever saw them. And he is fairly tall for a half-elf, but and fairly tall for a half-elf, kind of wiry, sinewy muscle, but it's hidden beneath kind of baggy leathers, and his hair is long and blonde, and he has a really beard, but it's also tinged kind of green from living in the woods for quite a while, <laughs> has, you know, pine needles and other, you know, leaves stuck in it. Um, and you get the sense that his breath don't smell too good. <laughs> yeah. And before you answer, uh, you hear the familiar voice in your head of Queen Mab. Oh, my love, this one doesn't miss a trick, doesn't she? Ash responds, uh, you know, thinking inside his head, no, ma'am, she doesn't. Well, don't keep the Lady Queen, uh, Lady King waiting. Go on, answer her. Well, uh, taking a life is hard, but sometimes it's the right thing to do. Ashara nods. Fail wisdom. Fail wisdom would be. Ah, The ship is still being readied. Uh, the things are being, uh, say, brought aboard. Um, as you can see, and she kind of gestures to the windows where you can see, uh, Outside of the floating city, the force field of arcane energy around the city uh, that occasionally ripples as volleys of magical weapons, fireballs, uh, lightning bolts uh, are assaulting the, the force field from just across the, uh, the river, uh, the neighbor Thrain, uh, which as we all know is the capital nation of the Silver Flame. That clearly has not ended. And we are still uh, at a fair, uh, how you say, disadvantage. Uh, we are holding our own, so I do not wish to be too worried. But uh, it is going to be... Uh, very intriguing to see how this all plays out. Uh, and, and yes, Jim Bab, uh, that map. Uh, and she's about to go on when you hear a very familiar voice, uh, coming from the area behind you. <clears throat> that is my lady king. And understatements. 
and you all turn to see leaning on his husband, Kevin, the large, still imposing, even when weakened, and now one-eyed form of the bronze dragon form uh, subdirector of the circle, Corn. Uh, a green, a, a tall half-orc woman uh, supporting her on the other side, uh, walking with them as she's really should not be out of bed. And I will determine my own health. Thank you. And Kevin's like, sweetheart, you really should listen to her. She is your doctor. After all. I have been asleep and laying in bed long enough. It's time for me to know what has happened to my agents. And as this is happening, Katie, the guard, is bringing you now into the throne room. So you walk in on this scene as you all are now reacting to Chief being escorted in by Kevin and Desi. That is more good news. It is lovely to see you up and about, Subdirector. Uh, it has been quite some time since I've laid eyes upon you, Katie. It's good to see that you survived. Uh, yeah, by the skin of my gee. I know what that's like, oddly enough. And Kevin <laughs> gives a bitter laugh. <laughs> You've been through worse. <laughs> and... Corinth laughs for a moment and then winces. Oh, mm, don't make me laugh, dear. Oh. Uh, and he's, <laughs> Kevin kind of nods and laughs. Well, you, you've got three broken ribs, my love. It's That's, that's going to happen. And at that exact moment, you hear a familiar pitter-patter of small feet running through. as a two-foot-tall goblin boy wearing uh, a, a set of goggles and a leather apron runs in, his arms flailing. Uh, Carrera, uh, one of your quartermasters, walks in. Wait a minute! You're not supposed to be out of bed yet, sir! We're still... We've been working on a thing for you! Um, and, and for the first time, like, in his rent, he notices that you all have come back. Ah! You're out of it! Oh, that was quick. Um, hi, hi, everyone. Look, he's awake. He's awake. You really should not be out of it. And, and Corinth is, Carrera, I appreciate the concern, but I will, it's, I, I will be fine. I've got Kevin. I've got Dez. I, I will be fine. It's like, you and Carrera just runs out. <laughs> and you kind of hear a kind of fading. And Corinth just gives it. But like halfway through the exhalation. Oh, oh, God. Oh, Bahamut's balls. Oh, as he holds to his side. And Dacos. I don't think I've ever heard you use such language. You're usually so stoic. And uh, Corinth kind of 
who took you suffered through a missing eye and three broken ribs and see how stoic you remain. Uh, it is good to see you all. I'm very glad that you all survived. Uh, uh, Shiro and Desi have been filling in on the goings-on. I'm told that we have at least two new allies and the potential for more. Is that correct? Yes, this is true. And also, you've gotten a, uh, <laughs> a little taste of uh, revenge. Ah, then crossed off someone from the list. Yes, I know of the list. And she, in court, turns to you, Katie, and, and nods solemnly as best as he can. I'm so sorry to hear of Elos's betrayal, but also his turn to try to redeem himself even at the end. An ongoing challenge to find peace with it, but it is never too late to do the right thing. So spending time coming to that conclusion has been uh, healing to some degree. So I can imagine. Uh, does, does that make it any easier? I imagine not. No. Uh, and it is at that moment that you see a much taller goblin, uh, half goblin, uh, walk in. A, a beautiful goblin woman, uh, same ears as uh, her younger brother Carrera, large ears, green hair, but wearing more clothes. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, in a bit of a workman's uh, vest and shirt. Uh, with uh, leather breeches, uh, leather boots, and a heavy leather, uh, heavy leather apron, uh, pushing what appears to be a floating chair of some kind. Through, uh, oh my goodness! I'm right here. Don't worry. It, it, it's going to be fine. And she sees you all. Oh, oh, hi. Oh, sorry for the ruckus. As Carrera, the older, <laughs> the elder, uh, walks in with quite the ornate chair. Uh, to describe this chair, uh, it, it looks akin to uh, like a modern office chair with some almost steampunk accoutrements uh, to the uh, to the armrests, uh, to the backrests, and to uh, a, a few interesting details underneath the seat. Um, there seems to be a uh, a panel or plank uh, going at like a 45 degree angle from the seat itself, uh, which ends in what appear to be some footrests. And she will <laughs> be right with you. Uh, pushes it over to Corinth. Okay, uh, hopefully this works out for you. 
I mean, you're so big, but uh, really hoping that this will work. Uh, and so she kind of adjusts it in front of him. Go on, and then to uh, to Kevin and to uh, Desi. Ease him in as gently as you can. And it takes about 45 seconds or so, uh, and some grunting uh, and some wincing on Corinth's part, but he uh, gets lowered in. Oh. 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 Yeah. Yes. This is is much better. Sitting. Sitting is good. I will enjoy just sitting. Laying down, not so great. Sitting. Sitting is... I'm fine with the sitting. And he kind of leans back and he looks over at uh, Carrera the Elder as young Carrera... uh, and stands next to him, or next to her, rather. Um, so, um, how does this work? And uh, Elder Carrera uh, kind of runs around to the back of the chair as little Carrera uh, fastens his legs uh, to the uh, to the leg rest and foot rest. And Corinth, kind of with his one eye, uh, kind of like does his best to glare down at at little Carrera, but it looks more amusing because he's now, you know, he's got this bandage over his missing eye. Uh, and you know, it's, it's, it's just very awkward. He's trying to snarl, but he looks more amused than anything. What are you doing? Sometimes. So I've got a shampoo on. I'm not sure that like, if it spins around, and if it can spin you out of the chair, because you can hurt yourself, um, that would just, that would just be bad. You've already got the three broken ribs. That's three, right? In Debbie Mads, yes. Yes, it's three. It's, it's three. The three broken ribs, and we don't want you to have any more, because you've also got some bruises and some contusions that haven't really healed yet. And so, you know, we, we, we're trying to take care of you and, and make sure that you don't hurt yourself in the chair. And the elder is adjusting what looks to be these uh, sensor orbs that project or that protrude from the cushion uh, at at the back of his head. And these just need to attune to you. Uh, Take maybe five or so minutes uh, to just attune to your uh, your thought patterns. And uh, once it does, uh, you'll be able to control the chair itself with just your thoughts. Uh, so it, it's, it'll, it'll be fairly simple. You don't really have to do much, uh, but you'll be fine. And she straps him in uh, with a seatbelt around his waist, uh, taking extra care not to make it too tight. Like, ah, sorry if this is uncomfortable, but um, the best we can do is short notice. Uh, but we, we know you want to be up and around, but um, we also want to, of course, uh, be aware of the injuries and, and, and try and make sure that all of the healing magics are working the, the way they should. And Corinth just nods. Right. Right. So, um, yes. Now, speaking of the healing magics, he looks over to, to Desi. There's nothing that can be done about this. Uh, and he gestures to his eye. And Desi, unfortunately, uh, she shakes her head. Uh, no, unfortunately, 
the the blade that cut out your eye uh, was unfortunately cursed, and so with that uh, the curse ran deeper uh, at a much faster rate than I anticipated. I was not able to uh, extract the curse uh, without the before it did permanent damage to your eye socket. So uh, I could put a facsimile of something there, uh, but as far as growing your eye back uh, with magic, uh, it is next to impossible. I've consulted with uh, Lord Emerus on this, and he occurs. It's unfortunate, but it's the way it is. And Kevin kind of stands tall and puts uh, his large hand on his husband's shoulder. I think it's sexy. Your scar. <laughs> Once you're healed up, uh, just please be aware you're, you're in some trouble. And Corinth just just covers his head with his hand. Please, not in front of the children here. Just the children, they're right there. Why is he in trouble for losing his own eyes? What is this? Uh, and Dacos Dad has just, no idea. <laughs> Dacos just pitifully walks it's a, over. It's okay, Jazz. It's a, and, it's okay. And, and puts a hand on Jazz's shoulder. You'll understand when you're older, son. <laughs> <laughs> and King Ashara is like watching this uh, with both surprise, uh, delight, and like a tinge of concern in her face. Oh! Subdirected Corinth, and she stands from her from her uh, throne. And you may, uh, because she's been sitting, you may have forgotten just how tall uh, King Ashara is. She stands at her full seven foot height uh, and strides across the floor uh, with, with long steps to Corinth and places a hand on on his. I'm so pleased to see that you were awake. We were concerned that you wouldn't make it through. And Corinth just nods. Ah, it was, uh, well, I don't really remember much during the, you know, being unconscious. Wasteless. Uh, wanting to speak and call out, but nothing really reaching anyone. But, uh, I'm glad to be awake. Sad to learn of the state of our organization. It pains me to know that um, what has befallen us. And he looks again at all of you very solemnly. But I'm very, very pleased that you all made it through. You are all, 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 all are alive. And whole, told you can't be. I'm told that you have had quite the uh, series of adventures while I was <clears throat> indisposed. And at, at that moment, a rather tall, at about 6'2, uh, purple skinned tiefling with horns that reach back into an almost omega shape walks out of kind of the same door that Katie uh, entered through. He is wearing 
a kind of black and silver gi, uh, not unlike uh, the gi that Kaladon is wearing. And is carrying uh, a few weapons, a very, very ornate silver bow uh, strung to his back, uh, and a beautiful sword, a beautiful black-bladed sword hangs at his side in a scabbard. Uh, as you recognize Kai, the tiefling that you found at the Temple of the Raven Queen, uh, approaching. Well, comrades is definitely one way of, uh, of putting that, but yes, uh, and he bows, uh, it is a pleasure to see you again, Chief Corinth. It's been entirely too long, and Corinth kind of looks up as much surprise as he can muster. Uh, Kai. Kai Janos. <laughs> Hot damn. I didn't think I'd ever see you again. Uh, last I heard, you were headed towards the Whispering Woods. Uh, how did that go? Kai nodded. About as well as could be expected. Gorfram sends his regards. <laughs> and again, like for... Probably the second time since you've been a part of the circle, since you've known Corinth, you see him surprised. You've encountered Gorfum. Well, more befriended Gorfum than encountered him. Uh, Kai responds. Um, your agents were sent to find him, and he sent them to find me. Uh, I was on an errand for my mistress, and uh, they were quite they were quite helpful in that. And so I, of course, agreed to assist them. Um, uh, though they were also tasked uh, <laughs> with a uh, small favor, small quest by my mistress as well. And Corinth kind of looks at all of you. You all requested by the Raven Queen herself. Yeah, that's like a Lucius thing, though. Yeah, sorry. That, sorry, that's really on me. And Corinth looks at you a, a little bewildered. I'm, 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 I'm sorry. I, it, it, I am a bit at a loss here. Weren't you the, there is only one true God and all other gods are false and demons and weird spirits. And you have taken on a quest from a literal goddess. Yeah, Lucius, explain that. Well, you know, <sighs> standing in the flesh face to face with the divine is a somewhat, somewhat unfamiliar experience for me. And the Raven Queen very strongly implied that this would not be the end of, of that particular pattern for me. So, I, I shall endeavor to keep that not a distraction to our other ends and needs, but that is one more thing on the docket, as it were. Interesting. Huh. 
I believe I would call that growth. Um, so congrats for meeting an actual god if you, if you get to. Um, I'm told you've met two now, so congrats for that. Um, and turns to uh, turns her Thank you. head, turns his head to Ozma, and you happen to make out with one of them. Is that is that correct? Who's been telling my dirty laundry? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that could have just been a guess. It is very on brand. Oh. You have to admit. <laughs> if you want me to slap him, I will. Ozma is so shocked. It's Lucius. Usually this is flipped around, everybody. Usually, I will, sir. And, and cheerfully withdrawn. Corinth raises a hand, children. children. I'll cheerfully withdraw my foot from your ass. <laughs> <laughs> now, now is not the, I, you know what? I've missed this. <laughs> I really have. I've missed this and I've missed you all. And turns to Orla. Miss Taylor, I see that you have remained with us. I, I, I take it Mr. Goodsong is no small uh, part, uh, plays no small part in your reasoning for this. <laughs> oh, nothing at all. Oh, right. Well, I... I and he kind of justice to, to Jazz. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I said uh, definitely not. Like I meant, like he he was like the main reason. Ah, ah, excellent. Right. Well, uh, then, congrats, Mister Gonzalez. Thank you. And, and in <laughs> in in your head, Jazz, you hear uh, Saif, your packed blade, whisper to you. I like this one. <laughs> he seems fun. He is funny. Turns to you, Ash, and kind of gives you a once-over. Master Ash, I see the more things change, the more things stay the same. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, you would think meeting uh, gods would be. You think they'd be a little more helpful, but uh, <laughs> you know they turn out to just tell you to go do it yourself. And inside your head, you hear Mab say, "Careful, dear." I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, Ash laughs to himself uh, audibly uh, after saying that um, and thinking to Mab, uh, not you, not you. He's, of course he's, not me, my love. <laughs> Careful. I saw, the, I felt the way you were looking at that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. She's quite beautiful. Careful. Not, not as beautiful and, as you, Map. Oh. <laughs> and you feel this kind of rush of, like, if you could blush, uh, it, uh, this, like, this mental blush, like, where there was once this almost, like, frigid energy, it has thawed quite a bit in, 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 in just that moment. <sighs> the matter. 
You just wait until I have a body again to inhabit the world. <laughs> uh, Something tells me Ash knows what to do by himself. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's hail! Um, and the chief nods to Dacos. And uh, I can see that uh, things have certainly changed for you since last time I saw you. I barely recognize you. Dekos nods. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's of course, a bit of a story behind that. Um, I'm really glad to see that you're up and about. Well, as up and about as you can be in a floating chair. And Corinth kind of gestures and kind of fiddles around with the chair. Yes, this will take a bit of getting used to, but I imagine it will not be a permanent situation. Although I do enjoy the floating. This is this is rather nice. Uh, Elder Carrera kind of blushes. You see like this tint of red kind of patch over her green skin. Huh. We do our best. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you're okay, sir. And he kind of reaches over and pats her arm on his shoulder. So am I. So am I. Where is Shiro? I've, uh, I have a bit of an announcement. and um, Or rather, a bit of a... Uh, yes, I just have a bit of an announcement. Just leave it with that. Uh, and almost on cue, Shiro stumbles in, and you see Desi kind of leave his side immediately. And, like, oh no, sweetheart, please. As she embraces him, uh, he seems to be uh, using his long sword as a walking st- stick. Uh, with the one good arm, and you can see that the other arm is still missing. Uh, but the uh, connection stub where his metal arm was and had been ripped away before is now uh, sealed and looks to have been repaired. Uh, very like Bucky a la the Winter Soldier, uh, waiting for the new arm. And you see little Carrera run over. You shouldn't be up like this. Persist me, make him a charter. And the elder is like, no, no, I didn't think he would need one. He, little brother, he's he can take care of himself. He was not nearly as injured as uh, as the chief was, uh, but you know, you're you're not wrong in that he should be careful. Uh, you're, you're not going to be stable uh, without your other arm walking around like that. And Shiro starts to try to wave him off, wave her off with the other arm, and realizes that he is armless on that side, and is like, "Right, um, I'm fine. I don't worry." And he like stands himself up straight enough to where he can start gesturing uh, with. Uh, the sword arm, and he's like still holding the sword by its uh, by its hilt. It's I'm fine. It's, it's 
nothing to worry about. I'm on the mend. Uh, but I heard the chief was awake and deceived with my own eyes. And by this point, enough time has passed to where the chief is now attuned to the chair. And so the chief, uh, hovering, uh, rotates around just enough to see Shiro standing there uh, in what appears to be just a robe uh, and uh, looks to be some like linen pants, uh, but almost though it almost passed for like hospital pants or, 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 or gown scrubs. Uh, uh, he still looks a bit beat up and scarred, but he looks a lot better than the last time you saw him. His hair is still a mess all over his head. head. Uh, the white hair uh, in this kind of wild and stringy afro uh, as he looks out at you all uh, with his red eyes. <sighs> I heard about the uh, situation in Passage. Uh, seems that you all uh, did quite a, uh, a number on uh, Lord Oberon there. Um, I can't say that I'm surprised, but I can say that I'm proud of you all. Well done. This was fun. <laughs> and uh, Cheryl looks at you, Jazz. You know... You've always had a very interesting sense of humor. <laughs> uh, I, I definitely say that that remark counts. Fun. Well, um, I consider it very fun when you have a target, hell, and to strike a blow so true, you get a lot of good feedback. This was fun. And you, you feel Saif kind of, uh, uh, if uh, an entity that lives inside your head could like expand with pride, <laughs> you feel that from Saif. You also feel the goblins that live in your head yeah. <laughs> begin to stir. And, <laughs> and you just hear... This this brass cacophony. Yeah. And Saif's, you you then feel the equivalent of a psychic face palm as Saif <laughs> just, oh dear lord, you've awoken them. Scott's <laughs> it. I'm I'm going back to bed. Wake me when it's done. <laughs> As the party uh, continues in your brain for a little yeah, while yeah, before just... it finally, finally narrows and then not narrows, but kind of uh, softens and then dies out. And at, at that point, Saif, you've got to do something about those goblin spirits inhabiting here. That's that's, that's entirely too much. It's too much. It's not enough real estate for this. It really isn't. Mm -hmm. Um, I, will, I will consider this. Are you saying this out loud, or are you saying this in your mind? Oh, this is in my yeah. This is in his head. <laughs> okay. And so Shiro is kind of looking at you all. Regardless of the the gallows humor of it all, I'm, I'm proud of you. 
done well. And Corinth then uh, swivels his floating chair to you all. And that brings me to something I think you should all see. And he reaches into, or no, actually he kind of gestures to Kevin, who pulls out a familiar looking orb. Uh, it looks remarkably similar to the orb that was sent to Katie. The red orb about the size of a baseball. Uh, translucent for the most part, but some clouds and what look like glittering dust motes uh, swirling about within. This was in my arms when I awoke. I'm told that no one put it there, but it appeared. I've listened to it, I've watched it once, and well, I'll let you judge for yourself. He puts the orb forward and kind of pushes it up uh, just a bit so that it levitates in the air about two or three inches above his hand. There is a short pulsing of this kind of bluish green light that emanates from it at first. And then it absorbs, or it not absorbs, but it engulfs the entire room. And you find yourselves now sitting in a very, un standing in an unfamiliar office. Uh, it is mostly sparse. The walls, uh, there are a couple of bookshelves here and there. Uh, but in the center of the office, engraved into the floor, is the familiar seal of the circle. The eye encased within the uh, encased within the larger circle, the pentagram encased within the within the iris, and an iris surrounding the actual eye within the confines of that larger circle. In the center of that in engraved circle sits a desk. And at that desk sits a an older woman. Uh, she is brown skin, more caramel tone. She wears her hair up in a large bun. Uh, tied up in red uh, red ribbon. She wears a very finely tailored suit, complete with a tie. The suit is silver with black embroiderings uh, along the lapels. And on one lapel is a small pin with the circles insignia. She sits, staring at the desk, her hands teepeed in front of her face. And she looks up, staring at each of you. And she speaks, Nadia Corin, you are seeing this. That means 
one thing. One thing alone. Like I am dead. And it's at that point that you recognize both the face and the voice. The face is youthful, but aged slightly by stress. Uh, her eyes are serpentine. And there are the markings of scales uh, just about her hairline and around the base of her her her, uh, her jaw leading to her neck. You know her as Samara, the director, former director of the circle. It is unfortunate. I cannot be here with you. I am praying that you survived, but if you are seeing this, if anyone is seeing this, then it means that you have. There are likely some of you agents that have survived with you are also seeing this. Hopefully, they are the agents that you told me, the ones that you cast under Master Shira. If this is the case, there is hope for us. She takes a long breath. It pains me to say, I saw this coming. I hoped I could circumvent this. But as it's clear to you all now, I could not. And I am sorry. Sorry for the pain that you have been caused. That you have had to endure. And that you may yet endure as a result of these events. Though we have long regarded the Silver Flame as healthy rivals, it has been Sometimes since I became aware of a presence within their ranks that has grown powerful. It is because of this that we were infiltrated and that we were practically destroyed. I say practically. Don't say completely, because I believe as long as a single one of you stands, the circle stands too. Corinth, and she uncannily turns her head in Corinth's direction. Corinth's eyebrow raises in surprise. If you've already listened to my message and were alone when did doing so, I would have known. And you would not have been privy to this part of the message. Since the other agents are with you, as well as Master Kawai, I can be confident in this announcement. In lieu of my untimely passing, 
and she pushes herself up from her desk. And at that point, you notice she doesn't have legs. Her bottom half is serpentine. As she moves, slithers very smoothly around to the front of her desk and leans back against it, her arms folded. In lieu of my untimely demise, I hereby, all the power invested in me, deem you, Corinth Honoras, the new director of granting you all of the powers and knowledge that they're in. She then turns to Shiro. Shiro! As you have been Corinth's most trusted ally in these times, I bequeath you his former position as subdirector. All the powers and privileges and access. And to Corinth's team, she turns to the rest of you. You have quite the undertaking, I imagine. She gives you a wide but saddened smile. I am sorry that I could not be there to meet you in person. I've heard stories of your team, all of you, individually, as well as and I can say I could not be more proud of a group of agents than I am of you. You do this organization and the badge that you wear so well. I am glad to mark you as the new council of the service. That includes you, Miss Kelly. And she turns and faces you. And as she, as, as you, you notice that as she looks directly into your eyes, there is this almost uneasy warmth to her. It's not something you expected from the stories that you've heard of Samara. Yes, Katie, I know that you survived. Remember, you did foresee all of this. Try, though, as I might, uh, to stop it. I'm glad that you survived this. And I am very sorry for the loss. But, you are now a member of this band of survivors. Count you was part of that team as well. And as such, you too will help form this new Circle High Council. You will notice that Agents Pilot and Agent are your new friend Pilot and Agent Nala are not with you this time. That's because 
Shiro has tasked them with a quest of their own. They are out to find whatever other agents may have survived the siege on our enclaves, on our citadels across Ebola. I hope to bring them all to you so that you will lead them into the next age that this organization can and must be. But it has always been a bulwark for good, a symbol of justice, and a shield against all those who would dare Harm, subjugate, or destroy their work. It isn't perfect, but it is ours. We must risk all we are to see. There are dark forces of massing. And everything you do from here on is to the service of keeping those dark forces at bay or ending them all together. I have faith. She looks over all of you. Sad smile. My agents. My circle. <sighs> you will obviously need a new headquarters. I will leave that to you all to figure that out. You cannot very well stay in Castle Fairhaven always. And she turns to King Ashara. Your grace. And King Ashara is very surprised. Like her eyes go are, are like saucers at this point. My word. This is most undeniable treat. And Samara smiles and nods. Yes, I thought you might be. Thank you for being the ally that you have always been to us and for taking in these souls protecting them. The circle will always remember this alliance. This partner and your friendship. And you see King Ashara stand just a little bit taller. As will I, Lady Samara. Samara nods. Now, I believe I have said all that I meant to. She begins to move back around the desk. You are going to face odds that seem insurmountable. Maybe they will be. You will no doubt have doubts about yourselves, about your places in the world, about your family. And she gives a rather pointed look to you, Oswald. Never doubt where you stand right now. Never doubt the family that you have made each other. 
dysfunctional though it may be. <laughs> and you are quite dysfunctional. But you are no doubt of that. Be well. Live. And with that, the room around her and around you all begins to fade back to the visage of Ashara's throne. And as it does, she turns to you all. I am going to miss this. I'm going to miss And she is the last thing to fade out. Until the ore is left spinning. And then it falls back into Corinth's hand. Corinth takes the orb to his chest. Um, Ash and Orla, I'd like you both to make the touching test. Two of you having the highest passive perceptions. Okay, Ash got a 13. Okay. Or a little with a natural one. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, Ash, you just barely notice a solitary tear falling with its good eye. Down across the scales. And he closes his eyes for a moment. Not. Thank you, my friend. Shiro walks over, hobbles over, leans against the chair, puts a steady hand on one of his shoulders. Kevin has a hand on the other. Kevin squeezes his arm uh, just just enough where it's visible. Darling, you know how much you trust me. You've earned this. Torrance takes his free hand and clasps Kevin's hand. I will ever strive to be worthy. For a moment, all is silent. I think that's where we'll take our break. So we will break for 10 minutes. Uh, Go get some water, uh, a snack, uh, and uh, we'll be back after a brief word from no sponsor at all, because... <laughs> <laughs> just just assume you hear the same me undies commercial both times. There you go. Santa mattresses. Yeah, or, you know, that, that, that old school Oscar Mayer commercial, Mabelo, he has a first name, so let's see. That would be quite the coup if we could get them. That would be hilarious. Ah, Baloney has a first name. It's H-O-M-E-R. Baloney has a second name. All right, here we go. All right, and we are back, ladies and gentlemen, to 
uh, our show. Hi! Hopefully you all have uh, gone and gotten yourselves all nice and hydrated and, and, and snacked. I've, I've got a couple of cookies and some water myself, so we're all good to go. When we left our heroes, uh, they had just listened to a uh, message from Samara, the, the former head of the circle, now deceased, uh, and she has passed down her mantle of power to Corinth uh, and has made Shiro uh, his subdirector and second in command. Uh, we're still standing uh, in front of Corinth. Uh, kind of reeling uh, in the kind of aftermath of this message. What would you all like to do? Congratulations, Um, Yeah. Shiro just kind of nods, and like you can see that there is this uncertainty on his face. You can't tell uh, if he is... There's definitely sadness there, but there's also a sense of almost relief and a this good mixture of pride as he kind of nods. Thanks. Thanks. I wish it wasn't of circumstances, but I mean, what can you do? Maybe this is just me, but I, I feel bolstered. I feel hopeful for the first time since everything. We have a structure now, and we have, um, you know, rescuers, missionaries. I'm not sure to go see if there are other survivors. It feels, we feel stable for the first time. And there's a lot to do, but it's good to know that we can rely on each other. Indeed. Very well said. While while there is much left to do, this does feel like building something rather than just reckoning with loss. Or running from one fight to the next to try and feel better. Yes. Does this mean we are now circle team number one? (laughs) Jazz, are you asking if we also got promoted? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, for a lack of, I mean, it's hard to come first in a race of one, but yeah. Well, yes. First. We are also the last. We are the last circle team as well. Alpha and the Omega. And then, then Shiro just I kind just of blow your mind. Shiro just kind of looks at you, Jazz. It's like you have such a unique way of seeing things, man. <laughs> <laughs> so I prepared um, a spell to touch base with you guys if you hadn't come back yet today. Would you like for me to use it to touch base with pilots? Oh, do we have a job? No, 
But I would have accused you of me. <laughs> I don't. I don't have to. We can think about it. I can. We can use it later. Whatever. But um, it sucks that we didn't get to say goodbye. And the work that those two are doing is incredibly important. And it'd be, you know, it'd be nice to talk to them and see if they're making progress or, you know, especially if we're going to be on the Song Coast, which is days away, even by airship, <coughs> months maybe. I'm not even sure. I'm unfamiliar with geography. But um, if they're trying to reach us and they can't, maybe this would be a good way to set a precedent for checking in with them, which is the responsible council member thing to do. It sure. <laughs> sounds like a good idea to me. This is true. Shiro, Shiro nods. Uh, I, I like that thought. That's, that's good. You can see Corinth is still just kind of speechless, staring at the orb in front of him. And, and Shiro just kind of looks at him kind of squeezes his shoulder, give him some time. He's, I think, still processing. And Corinth, uh, at those words, Corinth looks up at all of you and just like, a brief smile like flits across his features. Well, I most certainly didn't expect and you can see he's kind of stumbling for words now. I, I just, I didn't expect it. But I will, I am processing this. And I will need to take some time to process and assess with all of this news. I accept this position. Of course I do, but I knew that this day would come eventually, but as Shiro said, the circumstances were not to be expected. But then Samara always was weird like that, knowing things before they happened, knowing how things would end. And just being an absolute asshole about keeping them to herself. She was my friend. And she was my leader. And I will do right by her. And I will do absolutely everything I can to do right by you. But for now, I need to think more on this. Do what you need. I will be back to see you off. But for now, I need to be Of course, Shiro nods. Of course, sir. And Kevin puts uh, a hand on Shiro. I'll look after him. Shiro nods. I know. And Corinth, before Kevin can turn around, Corinth has already begun to kind of hover his way 
to the doorway. Elder Carrera kind of runs to the doorway uh, and opens it uh, before he gets there so that he does not run the chair into the doorway. And Carrera kind of leans over. Sensitive equipment. Don't want it to break before it's ready. It's, it's, you know, you still tune into it, so, yeah. At which point, the elder Carrera just kind of, Carrera. <laughs> sure, I just kind of silently laughs, and you see his shoulders kind of quake a little bit. And Kevin and Corin pass through the door. And Elva Carrera shuts it behind him and stands there, leaning against the wall, looking fairly pensive. Dez puts an arm around Shiro and kind of leans against him. And she looks to you, Katie. What spell do you have in mind? I have a spell called Sending. It allows me to send a, a brief message. Yes, I know. Decide what we want to say first, though. Is that spell limited in wording? Or? Yeah, <clears throat> I think I can only use 25 words. Right. Right. Well, I suppose you all should decide what you want to say. I wasn't here for the conversation you were having while I was walking in from the garden, so. What was said? Did you make a plan? Uh, just quickly uh, bring Katie up to speed on what happened in terms of Oberlin, um, the black goo coming out of his minions, and the possible tie uh, there, and then next next location uh, in terms of ticking off the next person on that list would be my basic rundown, unless there's something else that, that... So, I guess my question is, are we planning to go to Stormreach? Is that on the way to the Song Coast? Or we, do we need to go directly to the Battle of the Bards? Based on your knowledge, uh, you would probably... Actually, you know what? Uh, yeah, no. Based on your knowledge... Uh, you know that Storm Reach uh, would be practically on the way to the Song Coast. Uh, well, Storm Reach is kind of on the northeastern uh, edge of the continent. The Storm Coast would be more to the central east, on the eastern okay. coast of the continent. So, uh, as the um, I'm, forgive me for, for the use of this term that I'm just about to coin. Uh, as the airship flies... Uh, <laughs> God damn knew it. I just knew it in my soul. I quit. I'm out. I am. Um, yeah. You, you, would, you would, at the very least, you would pass adjacent to... Stormreach on your way to uh, the Song Coast, Zantash. Uh, so it would make probably the most logical sense to stop at uh, Stormreach beforehand. 
but that is of course up to you. Uh, the so I pull out Elos's dagger, and pull a little note out um, with all of the names, and it says that Julius Lightfoot is the person in Stormreach, some place called Zendrick. Is that a place or a person? Zendrick, I believe, is a place. Jazz, you are intimately aware of where <laughs> Zendrick is, having been from there. <laughs> yes. Uh, Zendrick is a place. I grew up there. My mother is from there. Um, it is hot. It is nice. It is very dangerous. There are lots of ruins. That is very fun. Mm. It'll be a good time. Do we know anything about this Julius person? Like, what kind of challenge they might be? Also, I can't help but notice that we didn't extort any information from Oberon. Well, he died very fast. Teleporter. He could have gathered all the rest of them. We were very concerned about that as a prospect. So taking him, so taking him out uh, as quickly as possible before getting all seven of them together was kind of the focus of what we were doing there. Gotcha. So that makes sense. I mean, we wouldn't want to be in the middle of asking the question. We just scares. Um, but I don't okay. like I plan to do that at all. Uh, that's, not, that's not anything. I was <laughs> nope. Katie has no idea what you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I mean, let's. Who has voting rights on this council? Just like everybody, or do we need a quorum? Like, what's the deal? That like majority rules. Yeah. Um, should we? We should decide as a group if we're going to Zendrick. Yeah which it seems to me like would be a good idea. And I say that for the dual purpose of it's the right thing to do. And also it would feed my desire for revenge. So you know where I'm at. Glad you're being honest about that. It's a win-win. It's a win-win. on the way. Yeah. I mean, I'm feeling, I'm feeling the vengeance right now in, in multiple ways. So I'm all, all down for that. I was like, are you sure you're not just avoiding interacting with your mom? Uh, no comment. <laughs> okay, it's just so a wacky, fun coincidence. Yeah, that's, uh, that's the first storm. I mean, I mean, what? Maybe I just wanna wanna support my girl on her vengeance yeah. quest. It's our vengeance quest. It's our vengeance quest. Aww. They <laughs> <laughs> they the entire time is like watching this exchange, and it's just like, yeah, okay. Uh-huh. Sure. Uh-huh. Uh, as long as I get to backflip my fist into someone's face. <laughs> that's where I'm at in this. Don't, uh, don't get these chicks mad. They like vengeance quests. <laughs> and then Dacos, like, raises his hands. It's like, clearly, like, no, that, that's not what I... No, I, I said, do, do you want revenge? I want revenge. I like what we were having, and... Now, I, yes. So, I so we're going. We're 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 going. I, I vote. I, I vote for Stormreach. On, you vote for Stormreach on the way too. to to see uh, this this the Song Coast place. 
I didn't even need to do a charisma check for that. He just folded. Like a lawn chair. Just like a lawn chair. <laughs> he's, he's seen the two of you in action. He has no desire to to make anyone <laughs> upset. Like he's, it's like... Like yeah, I'm 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 pretty buff too, but I no, I'm I'm not gonna not gonna do that. Gonna do that. All right. Not gonna. Gonna. <laughs> All right. Efficiency. I like it. And uh, Ash, you hear Mab's voice in your head. Yes. Yes, I'm always up for a little spilled blood. Why not? Jazz. What I look forward to. Hmm? Hmm. Well, the Battle of the Bards does sound like very good fun. But revenge. And you hear Saif say in your mind, Revenge, I am told, is a dish best served cold. Let's bring the ice, shall we, Master? Not sure if that was better or worse than airship flying. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. What do you say, my love? So, I, I do not want to shirk our responsibility to King Ashara. So, if it turns out that we can't find Julius, or that, uh, you know, it's going to take some additional planning, we can leave there and go to the Song Coast. So we don't want to get there after Silver the Shade already has it under siege. Right? So... That's what I'm going to tell Pilot and Nala. Um, how long does it take to get there, Jazz? Mm-hmm. Let me would do that, some calculating right real quick here, and I can. Would that be? Me. Yeah, would that be? I know in a three point five, that'd probably be knowledge geography. But what would it be in in EO fifth edition? Uh, that would. Probably be, give me a quick sec to survival. Mm, or if somebody intelligence. has That'd be intelligence. Just flat. Okay. Just flat intelligence check. Nope. Do I know? Or don't I know? Let's see. Oops. Didn't check. There we go. There we go. Nice. 21. Okay. Cool. Uh, so with that, you would know. Fix that here. I... So, if you were to go straight from uh, Fairhaven to uh, Stormreach, that is about two thousand four hundred and eighty-one miles. So it would take you in your airship as it stands uh, around five or six days uh, flying at full speed. Going to the Song Coast from here 
That would be, that would probably add another, another day's travel. So essentially we could do this all in six days. We just, we'll just tell her we'll be gone for, we'll tell her we'll be gone for two weeks and we'll take our time with it. I think we should do something like that. Okay. Uh, I, I relate this to the, <clears throat> Well, storm reaches about uh, five days, and uh, the was it the Bard Coast, the Song Coast, the, the Song Coast is it is one. I think we should take our time and don't stress the ship; it is newly repaired. And tell the Queen we will take two weeks and do them both. Sounds reasonable to me. But King Ashara is still standing right there. By the oh. Way. oh. <laughs> she hasn't left. You him. tell her. <laughs> um, I described the plan to the king. <laughs> I would I say, uh, and uh, King Ashara nods, and I do not know exactly what the Battle of the Bards entails. So, give yourself a bit more time once you are there. Um, do not know exactly what King Bootsy has in store, or how involved you will be in. And aside from that, the airship is yours. It is all paid for. The, the crew, uh, small as it is uh, for now, are... Uh, Paid well to do what they must, uh, and to keep you in the air and as safe as possible. So, I would say, get there as quickly as you can. But the return trip is more along the open-ended side of things. Yes, as we do not know what you will encounter. And she gives you a look, Orla, that is warm, pointed, and knowing. I, I would like to have you, Ozma, uh, give me an insight check. You know Orla? No, sorry. I meant to say all of that to Ozma and not to Orla. Oh, okay. <laughs> Alrighty. That was that was my mistake. You've got two O's sitting there. Okay. I know. We should have planned that. We should have planned that out better like years ago. <laughs> sorry. Sorry about that, sir. No, no, it's fine. At that at that's on me. That was that was the slip of my tongue. Alright. Okay. That's that's good enough. Wow. Double good double. enough. Good enough is what Ozma aims for, really. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> uh, with the 12 insight roll, you can see that King Ashara definitely seems to know more than she's letting on. 
And she's not exactly being subtle about that fact. Hmm. Well, Oz was thinking about how to handle this. But Ozma, despite being very charismatic, is not the most subtle human being in the world. Half <laughs> in the world. And she's all sorts of some type of way right now, considering what we're about to go do. So, and I know, I'm sorry, Lucius, this is going to freak you out. So she just looks straight at Queen Ashara, King Ashara, sorry, King Ashara, and goes, I feel like you're leaving something out here. <laughs> it's me chill. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> I mean, in character, out of character. <laughs> but, but, it, but it would straight up be the... <laughs> Look. Oh, Alpha doesn't upset that <laughs> Lucius at least once an episode. That are we even really playing? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> that that is, I, I cannot spot the lie in any of that statement. <laughs> so, uh, King Ashara closes her eyes and, and, and nods. A, a a very closed mouth, but like sly smile begins to spread across her lips. My dear, it is not about what I am moving out. And, and, and just like, and, and opens her eyes and looks directly at you. But I will not force the subject. That is your dealing to deal with, not mine. I simply wish to convey that there are things that may need to be addressed upon your arrival. Ozma trying to still look as tough as she, you know, going up to a major monarch and calling them out, but she looks a little bit more shaken. Like, she's still standing firm, but she's kind of like, uh, vibrating a little, so to speak. King Shara notices your dis-ease and walks over to you very casually. <laughs> places a gentle hand on your shoulder. It is not for me to tell you how to conduct your family business. But I believe that you have some things unfinished that need to be settled. From my outsider perspective, that is, I will leave it at that. I will do more things. You have my word on my crown. Which word is on her crown? Are you asking this out loud? No. 
<laughs> no, we're not. We're not. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just being a turd. I know. I mean, yes, I love yes, it. the I'm airship flies earlier. Right, know. right, right. So, you know, all bets are off. All bets are absolutely off. She, Only we had named it the crow. She. What did you name the airship? <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. I remember. That's, that's something you guys need to think about. <laughs> name, name the airship, please. Not the you don't have to do. You don't have to do it today. But before you take off, at least. What about the boogie magpie? I kind of feel like we're stepping on Bootsy's toes with that, but (laughs) maybe a little bit. Yeah, it's a it'll it'll be a contender for sure. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, oh, oh. Are we planning to leave today or tomorrow or? Like, do we have time to maybe beg for some healing potions or something or supplies or anything from to, King Ashara? To that end, Ashara, with her hand still on Ozma's shoulder, looks up at you all. I would recommend that you take the day. Rest. Do what you need to. And prepare. The ship is still being refitted with some uh, armor, as well as a couple of ballistas, just in case. So take some time and do what you need to. And to that, like, Kai kind of raises him, um, uh, I actually have something uh, that I, uh, and I bows, if you don't mind, your grace. <laughs> and Ashara it is, finds herself very amused by Kai. Of course, no, it's not at all. Um, what exactly uh, do you have in mind, uh, Sir Monk? And the first thing Kai does is he walks over to Orla. I noticed that you have uh, quite a nice uh, bow there. Um, that's something that you made yourself. Ah, oh, yes, my daughter made it. Um, not make it, but I believe I did a part. I don't remember where we found it. I don't remember either. Yeah, I know I didn't make it, but I know that she did it, or that I did acquire it. Well, I have a couple of things that might serve you well. And he reaches for the bow strapped across his back. And it is a very beautiful, very ornate uh, longbow. Uh, Actually, yes. Uh, And he hands it over. This has served me very well. And uh, I think that once you have Once you've made yourself, um, once you've bonded with it, I think it will serve you as well as it has served me. And you, the moment you take it in your hand, you feel this overwhelming sense of strength. 
of this blood. And he says, this is a battlement blood. I think you will find that very, very useful. And he passes that into your, I just put that into your inventory. And then he takes a ring uh, from his right hand, from the middle finger of his right hand, and flips it off. Takes your hand, takes your right hand, like pointedly, like is like looking at Jazz is like, I'm not putting a ring on her left hand. Beware. I need and, a real man. And slides <laughs> slides that ring onto the middle finger of your right hand. This ring uh, with this ring, Ivy grant you some interesting gifts. Uh, this will provide you with an unlimited supply of arrows. Oh. Uh, it is called, what is this thing called? Uh, I was just looking at the damn thing too. Uh, this is called the Ring of Volley. While you wear this ring, all you have to do is draw back your bowstring. And the arrow will appear. I can't express my gratitude. He simply bows. You do. And you never have to. We are comrades now. He then walks up to Katie and gives him gives her a you know the salute of his monastery and bows. For you, I have something special that I think you might like and might uh, find a bit more useful than I would at this point in time, given my recent acquisition. And from a pouch at his side, he pulls out a pair of black, like almost obsidian looking knuckle dusters. And there are strange, like, silver veins uh, kind of flowing throughout the stone stonework. So these are made of a material called bashek, which has a very, very interesting effect on most things that are made uh, with Delkir magic, uh, abominations and aberrations especially, uh, you will have an interesting time fighting while wearing those. And he places them in your hand. Thank you. These are invaluable. You are most welcome, but I am not quite done with you yet, Miss and as he puts those in your hands, he then looks at his own hands and at the wrappings around his hands, and he begins to unravel them. And as he begins to unravel them, you see these strange motes of light, uh, just very, very almost faint motes 
kind of spark off and float away. And he undoes one, puts that one in your hand, undoes the other one, puts it in your hand as well. And he says, these, I believe, will serve you well. The wraps are made with a fabric that are made from Sybris stone. And will give you a bit of guidance when you are in a hand-to-hand situation. I've been calling them the Fists of Sybaris, but maybe you'll find a better name for them. I don't know. Not the crown. Definitely not the crown. <laughs> no. That is. That is. And Poe, uh, who has been sitting on his shoulder the entire time, like, perks his head up. I resent that. Darling, you're a raven. You're much better. Ah, well, yes, I am. And he kind of preen himself. Yes, yes, yes. What crow do you know that can serve and drink tea all by himself? None! None, I say. <laughs> so you now also have the Fist of Sybaris as well as the Baishik Knuckle Dusters in your inventory. We'll salute Kai back and say, you're a true friend. I'm very glad that our paths have crossed. And I have not forgotten about our quest from the Raven Queen. I know. And I... I agree with this sentiment. I find you all to be true and good friends. I am very glad to have met all of you. Um, I wish I had something for everyone here, but most of what I have is... Oh, wait a moment. And he begins to take one of his wedding rings off, and you can hear the like echo from the other ring. Uh, Don't you goddamn dare. <laughs> and you're right. Yes, you're right, dear. You're right. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Sorry, dear. Sorry, dear. Right, because this is, yes, of course, it's the other, yes. Sorry, I, I got caught up in the whole giving thing. That It was my mistake. My mistake. But also, he pulls out this from his, uh, from a pack on his other side, what looks to be a small rod. And he kind of, Shows it to you, Katie. It's like, this will serve you well, I think. And he clicks a small button on it, and from either side, glowing bars protrude out into a glowing quarterstaff. That's awesome. Does it look like a double-bladed lightsaber? It does a little bit. <laughs> what color? It's a like very, very bright yellow color. Awesome. And as he hands it to you, you feel the radiant energy kind of oh, wafting. Oh, oh. Well, this was one of my favorite quarterstaffs. 
there's anyone else who is set to use this, it would be you. And hands you a radiant quarter staff. <laughs> Master Kai, this is too much. Oh, it could be worse. <laughs> I, I would much rather give you too much and have you be prepared for your journey and not give you enough things and have you be ill said. And then he looks over at Ozma. I think I have something that you might like as well. Mm. And he... Ozma likes presents. Goes into his belt and pulls out a set of throwing darts. Cool. The tips of which all glow with the same bright yellow energy. It's not much, but I've seen the way you fight with that, uh, that circlet that you carry. And I think this might fare you well as well. And hands you seven radiant darts. Cool. That's exactly what Ozma says. She's just she'll like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking about how she can hurt things with them. <laughs> this is this is cool. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So that is about all I have to give at this time. Everything else I must keep for myself in case I need it, um, particularly the sword, because I'm bonded to it now, so that's, there's that. Um, I wish you the best of luck in your quest. I will be here uh, doing what I can, and once... Adha has returned with my other wife and our ward. We will go about the work of training and uh, getting things up to speed here. I'm sorry, it wasn't a circle. It's your star. Your silver star of luck. Silver star of luck. And this is to all to the rest of you when he puts his hand into his fist and bows. I wish you the best of luck. And though you already know it, I will say it anyway. The blessings of the Raven Queen go with And Dekos kind of stands a bit taller, remembering the the acceptance that he felt from her, being a member of the Undying. He, he nods proudly. Now, I'm going to go and, oh, I probably should meditate. I am tired. I'm going to take a nap. I will hopefully see you all before you leave tomorrow, yes? We'll make a point of it, yes. Fantastic. Well, 
So then, yeah. And he wanders through a separate set of double doors, uh, leading more to the garden that you were in, Katie, but you also know that there's a door on the other side of that, leaving, leading to some of the other living quarters. And the Carreras now stand with you, as well as Shiro and King Ashara. Well, that's certainly what's better. I imagine that you all will are still going to send your your message to the the ladies on quest. Yes. Yes, I will. Excellent. I can do that now if you want. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna take us. Take us. I'm. I'm good with that. <clears throat> okay. Man, it's the first time I've used this spell. It's exciting. Okay. Um, I'm going to send a message to Pilot. Okay. I'm going to say, Hey, girl. It's Katie. Mm -hmm. On our way to Stormreach for some justice. Then on to the Song Coast. (laughs) (laughs) Back in two weeks. Keep up the good work. You don't hear anything for a moment. About 30 seconds pass. Guys, I think we have a bad connection. And then you hear in her voice, Hey, girl, hey. (laughs) 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 I think that's how that phrase goes. Thanks for the update. On our way... To Valinar, hope to see you soon. Be well. They are going to Valinar. My king, do you have any information on what may be drawing their business there? And Ashara looks to Desi. And Desi kind of nods. I did a little bit of scrying while you guys were away. And while faint, there is the promise of a survivor in Valinar. So the girls are on their way to investigate. And hopefully... Bring them back. Women. They're not girls. <laughs> well, yes. Of course. My mistake. As the as an elder statesman, I sometimes make the mistake of staking my younger sisters for girls. And, and Shiro just kind of shakes his head. And you say that I'm antiquated sometimes. But yes, the the ladies are on their way to Valinar to 
hopefully reacquire an agent that is that she that I sensed in that area. One other question, if I may. When we were dealing with uh, <laughs> our departed friend, I was trying to get some more information about the Battle of the Bards, and it was only ever spoken of as myth, not even something forgotten, but literally a children's tale. That would track, yes. Uh, well, for my knowledge uh, of such things, the last time there was a Battle of the Bards this was about five or six hundred years ago. And there was not much on record. However, we do know that that was when the Rollins family came into power. They were the ones to win. And so the House of Funk has ruled over the Song Coast these past 500 years. More than that, I do not know. I too have seen many of the myths and tales regarding the Battle of the Bards. Some of them uh, reference an actual life or death tournament between bards, showcasing their both their musical ability as well as their martial talent. Other accounts seem to give a less literal term, uh, less literal description where it is more a musical contest, as it were, a, a concert contest, where bards compete to gain the delight and satisfaction of the current king. The king would then judge each band, and the leaders of those bands if a bard was at the head of the winning band, would be crowned the new king. By all accounts, we don't know which of the two is true, or whether or not they are both true, or both false for that. All I know, as I said before, is that the House of Funk, King Bootsy's house, was the last one to come into power during the last recorded Battle of the Bards. It was also around the same time that the Dragons of Wu came into power as well. That is a different group altogether. <laughs> but that is a story for another time. <laughs> I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. Excellent. <laughs>
Thank you, my king. Very informative, as always. King Ashara nods, which wasn't me. You, you have your beautiful forensic investigator, Miss Desi, to thank for that knowledge. I, well, I, I am simply here for the show. Yes. Oh my goodness. Uh, there are 50 of you guys? Am I seeing that right? There was. There's still like... We got raided. Oh, we did? We got oh, raided. Oh, nice. Who did we get raided by? I completely missed that. Thank you. Welcome, Hi. raiders. Hi, everybody. Uh, welcome. Uh, Death McDoom. Hi. Welcome, welcome to our show. Uh, thank you for coming, and uh, glad to see you all here. Uh, they were called Dork Tales. Dork Tales. Oh, yes. Hey. Sorry, my mistake. Hi, Dork Tales. <laughs> <laughs> I'm new to this. I'm sorry. Dangerous. I'll find you. What to do? Just drag on to some Dork Tales. Copyright. right. Oh, copyright. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Right. <laughs> right. Well, uh, welcome, all of you. And uh, we're, we're very happy to have you. You've, you've walked in on some, some hilarity and insanity. Mm-hmm. More insane than... You know, all of the murder and stuff isn't super funny, but... Well, I mean, you didn't murder anyone today. Maybe next time, but not today. One day at a time, man. One day at a time, yeah. <laughs> well, not this session, at least. I mean, we no, did murder yeah. someone today, but... Yeah. Yes, yes. In, in the game, day, yes, 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 yes. Time is a silly construct, anyway. Not, not that critical. Time is an illusion. Lunchtime, doubly so. As the saying goes. But uh, so you you've sent your message to uh, to pilot. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to do? Um, I need to look at our bag of holding. But do we? I think we have. We're stocked up on supplies that we might need for like staying alive. I would suggest uh, re-upping on healing potions and uh, see invisibility potions. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that came in real handy. <laughs> yeah, you guys have a <laughs> almost a metric ton of healing potions. Yeah, we have a good amount of healing potions. But yeah, some uh, and you have some potions of invisibility stored. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> But you do not have any more. I think you used up your sea invisibility potions from the looks of things. Yeah, that tracks. Given, um, especially given that last fight that you all were in, that 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 definitely tracks. You know what else would be cool? Uh, some more potions of haste. Oh yes. 
That would be fun. That would be fun. And also, I am thinking I would like some new shoes, maybe some magical ones. So let's try to find a store in the floating city of magic. Yeah. Well, I don't know how many resources we have to spend, but um, mm -hmm. what they're finishing outfitting the airship, we might as well. Right, when you're in the floating city, the sky's the limit. <laughs> oh! <laughs> wow, you, you did that. Years off you, of my life. You did that. You set it up. <laughs> you set it up too well. As the ship flies. Yeah. As the ship flies, yeah. <laughs> wow. That, that, that's all I got there. Wow. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, I imagine that you mentioned all of this to King Ashara then? Yes. So King Ashara thinks for a bit. Well, the, the majority of the population of Fairhaven are in basically what passes as uh, an underground settlement. Uh, very much uh, inspired by the drow and their winding uh, cities of catacombs and uh, and tunnels. Uh, a bit more refined, I think. And she says so with like not so subtle pride. There, it's uh, very much. Uh, Mostly for emergencies, uh, but of course, even in emergencies, a capital city is a capital city. Commerce must continue. So, while it might take you some time to navigate the uh, <laughs> the underground catacombs, I could have someone. I could have a couple of merchants uh, brought up to address your needs. Um, we're looking for a potion seller. Uh, so I will find an apothecary uh, that can uh, assist you with that. And Mr. Goodsong, did I hear you mention that you wanted some kind of magical boots? Yes, and some for Ola. What, what kind of magical boots did you have in mind exactly? Um... Um, no, maybe some that you could maybe jump, I don't know, fly, or, or speed. And at that point, you see little Carrera begin to jump up and down. <laughs> He's like raising her hand furiously. And Bixis, and me, we, we can make things. We, we know how to make stuff like that. Uh, we're pretty good at it. And <laughs> Elder Carrera, like, you can see that she is physically just drained from, like, everything. But she, like, perks up. It's like, making things? Yes, yeah, yeah. Could probably, could probably make something like that. Yeah, yeah. You might already have something like that half finished, so... Probably wouldn't take us long to, to complete. Oh. And and Carrera looks at uh, his big sister. Oh, you mean Barris? And Carrera 
the elder Carrera, it's like, well, yes. Yes, of course. Oh, you don't mean, oh, no, you're talking about, no, 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 not those. Too dangerous. Still prototypes. No, no, no. Oh, yes. Get that, get that, get that look off your face. And turns to you, Jazz, as you park up. Like, no, no. Yes. Too dangerous. Too dangerous. They're not perfected yet. I'm still (laughs) working on them. No. Besides, you don't even know what they are. Shut up. (laughs) Humans and the, their want for every no, too dangerous. Mm-hmm. You're you're fragile and 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 breakable. Yes, I, I know that. I know that your specialty is is in armors and things, but you're not wearing the armor all the time. Mm-hmm. So, mm. and you hear Saif in your head. She does make a good point. But you all should know that it is the edge of things that is the most fun. Dekos kind of rolls his eyes. It's like, even I have to agree with Carrera in this. As breaking yourself is <laughs> not a good idea. The edge also cuts. <laughs> That is wise. Huh. I didn't say it. An old friend did. <laughs> and all right. And Carrera, uh, the elder, goes, Well, I'll look into finishing the, uh, the boots we do have for you. And uh, might also see what we can do about those service weapons you have as well. Might need to be a uh, boast for those things. How do you feel about a double barrel revolve? That sounds fun. Yes, double barrel. Yes, something I've been toying with. Uh, some early design. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it on the way to Zendrick. So, yeah. And, uh, and Dacos kind of raises an eyebrow. You're. you're are you coming with us? And Carreras, like, gives him this, like, almost incredulous look as if to say, fucking duh. <laughs> and just like, well, someone has to tend to the ship and build your stuff. So, yeah. Not getting rid of us. And we're delighted that someone's are you? Yes, this is good. And a uh, little career. Yeah, has to be us. Someone else would get it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and just shrugs. And Ashara just laughs. <laughs> Indeed. Anyone else would probably get it wrong. Glad that we had you. And you see little Carrera, like, for the first time, like, he stands still at her word. And it's, like, this big, massive, like, kid goblin grin, full of fang teeth and just <laughs> shiny, sparkly, just, ha, 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 
and the like his cheeks and the whole top of his head burned like this almost like deep red. Thank you, Your Majesty. <laughs> and Ashara kind of kneels down and, and and gently pats him on the head. Of course, cutie. And Carrera Aww. just about passes out. <laughs> And Carrera the Elder is like, I, you, you don't know what you've done, Your Grace. I won't, be, I won't hear the end of this for for, for hours now, for days. Possibly. <laughs> she, uh, King Ashara laughs. I'm glad I could be a help. So I will. Uh, head to my office and uh, requisition that uh, apothecary to come up and uh, get you all figured out as far as the potions and the like. And uh, in the meantime, it is very near dinner. I will have, in fact, no, and she. And one of her attendants, uh, full-armed, walked up to her. Mom, please have the cook prepare a feast worthy of our heroes. They must be well-fed and well-rested. The journey they will partake upon is going to be long and quite possibly full of danger. I want them well rested and well fed, and well prepared. What awaits them next? And the attendant bows. I just say, "Like your grace," and she walks out through a door on the wall behind the throne. Closes the door behind her, and the door—like you would not have seen the door there had she not opened it, it seems to be seamless with the rest of that wall. And Ashara herself nods. I'm going to um, retire to my office for a moment. Think on the day's events. Feeling Glad that you all are safe and well. And I am I'm happy. I'm happy that you all are here. I will see you in a couple of hours. And she bows to you all. And she proceeds to walk through the same door that her attendant just walked through behind the throne. Shiro looks on after you, still kind of leaning against Desi, uh, his one arm around her waist now, helping to hold himself up. I will never get used to that. He turns to the rest of you. How are you all feeling? I know a lot's just happened. 
can wear on a person, mind, body, and soul. And you are, first and foremost, my responsibility. But you're also my friends. So I worry. How are you doing? Hmm. Well, I feel a lot better now that we have taken a little bit of action. It felt a little hopeless. The journey helped. And now, the direction we have helps. Good. Being, feeling aimless is never a fun experience. I know that for a fact. As long as you have something to cling on to. He gives Desi a squudge. And it makes all of the suffering worthwhile. And he turns to Orla. Orla, I know you're very new to this group. And I know that it has been a lot to take in. I appreciate you sticking by this group of knuckleheads. They are my knuckleheads. They mean a great deal to me. So. Good. And I count you now among that group of knuckleheads. And you're also my knucklehead now, too. Your father can like it or he can't. Okay. <laughs> I would much rather if he were okay with it. Mm -hmm. Just saying. And he turns to Lucius. I know that you have been taking this transition these last few weeks. Harder than most. I'm glad to see that you're here. Glad to see that you are still among the willing and among the, the brave. It does my heart good to see you and to know that we stand by this group. Though you bicker like children sometimes, I've learned to expect nothing less. For all of you, I find that to be a good sign, a sign of healthy dysfunction. Yes, I would say that's what we strive for. <laughs> And though we lost Triss, I hope that wherever she is, she's doing well. Dacos kind of speaks up. Well, we did see her in the Astral Sea. So we know she's alive. We know she's still with the Order of Shadows. Still gathering information, I think, about her mother and her father. Her biological father, which that was some news. 
finding out that she's half angel. That's a little nuts. But she's she's well. She sends her love, I think. Or what passes for love in her. Such as it is. Such as <clears throat> Yes, what what he said. And he points to Lucius. She returns to Katie. Katie, I know you've been through a lot. You had to deal with a lot. I'm glad that you were with us. And I'm glad that you could call this group of methods your comrades as well. And I hope that you. Am I a knucklehead? Mm-hmm. Yes, I don't know if I could do this alone, and I'm I'm grateful to the group and to the king for these uh, the the dovetailing of my fate with theirs. <laughs> if I've learned anything about this group and about this king that they're really good at adapting. I've known Ashara a good deal of my life now. She is nothing if not compassionate and steadfast. Could not ask, this land could not ask for a better king. You could not ask for a better group of knuckleheads to call your own. And he turns to Ozma. I noticed some unease regarding this quest you're about to embark on. You don't have to talk about it. Good, because I'm not. <laughs> Shiro just Spicy. nods. She's spicy. No. And just, you know. Spicy little ball of trauma, this one. (laughs) It's just like, that's fair. But I want you to know, should you ever want to, I'm sure that any one of these knuckleheads would be happy to listen. And so would I. I care about you. Ozma tries not to sound touched by that or look touched because, you know, she doesn't have emotions or anything. <laughs> clearly, clearly, she just kind of looks down real quick. She's like, but then kind of. And Shiro kind of gives you a conspiratorial look. I'm going to let you in on a secret. When you got caught. I was one of the people that vouched for you. I saw your talent. And so did Zaz. Awesome. I guess upon hearing that name, she perks right back up. She's like... <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he told this to you. You mentioned this, but um, 
Zaz was there. What? Sure, yeah. she can't handle any more like surprises. <laughs> like, just can she digest something for an hour and then you can give her this more news? A, this, this has been, been a time for Ozma. This has been, <laughs> been a an event. <laughs> I, I, she looks I like understand. she's about to pass out. And she hasn't had any alcohol today. She doesn't know how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing to my girl? <laughs> Trauma. Trauma. But he, he nods. Like, spoke highly of you. He did? And it was I, mean, his- I mean, he did. He absolutely did. And he, he like, you, you see him, like, almost react to your initial reaction, but then see you mask real quick, and then it's like, no, I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go with it. We're, we're, we're not going to. Yes. He, he did. It was his recommendation. Did he say anything else about me? He said that you would make a fantastic agent. That you had a lot to learn. That you were stubborn, occasionally foolhardy. Like to dive into things head first. But these are things that we all know now. So I'm sure that that's not a surprise to you. Not at all. Um, Did he say I was pretty? <laughs> Shiro kind of roll inside. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's what we're. That's how we're gonna play this game. Sure is. Come on, plus zero on the insight. Come on, <laughs> come on. <laughs> oh no, she don't know shit. It's like real life. She don't know he, shit. He kind of gives you a look. I don't know. It's and you can't really tell if he's messing with you or not. It's like, he may have mentioned it. I don't know. It, it, it was so long ago. Ozma doesn't. There were, there were other things that, that got brought up uh, regarding your skill set. Okay. Your prowess. But hey, Ozma, you're smart and funny and... Capable and other adjectives. It doesn't really matter how you're yeah. adjective. It may have brought up the fact that you might be beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, if he thinks that, I have other skill sets and prowesses that I'd love to show him at some point. Those <laughs> are best left not to be discussed with me. <laughs> that said, I'm sure that uh, Ozma would love it if you, you know share with, or I'm sorry, not Ozma, but Orla, like, we know she and Jazz are having some troubles, so. (laughs) (laughs) And Shiro. Secrets you can share. Shiro kind of like raises an eyebrow and like, I, I, well, I, you know, I'm I'm not even, I'm not even going to, to, that, that is not my business. (laughs) I'm I'm not going to, I, I don't want to know what you two get up to in your office. In your free time, they hold hands sometimes. <laughs> we have. <laughs> it's it's okay then. 
I am confused and I am um I am lost. So right, and you see Desi holding on to him like stifling a laugh, but failing miserably as she's just like her shoulders are quaking you, you you know something about this, don't you? And she's like <laughs> and he's just like just shut up. Don't don't tell me anything. I, I don't I don't want to know. I that's not that's not my business. I don't know why it's your business. Not my business. It's not your business. It's, no, no. Ozma, spoke highly of you. Orla and Jazz holding hands. I guess it's fine. <laughs> I know that there's stuff there. Um, I hope that it's good. Um, and uh, he he just looks like. He looks like he's about to say something else, but then abruptly turns to Ash. Um, you have... Have you gotten taller? <laughs> Can you get taller? Is that something that's possible? I mean, uh, I, know you, I know that you're a shape changer and maybe you can, you can, you know, wild shape and stuff, but did you accurately retrieve uh, one of those aspects in your wild shape because you seem a bit <laughs> more full somehow. Mm, are you saying I've gotten fat? <laughs> no. Hey, I mean, I don't know. Um, I, I, I would, like, at the one, I don't have enough hands, uh, and two, uh, I, I'm just not going to, but because uh, I, I don't want to risk the smell. Um, I was just saying, <laughs> I don't know what you smell like right now. <laughs> you are not the freshest, and I don't know yeah. how how that is improved or not improved. It has uh, it has no. <laughs> oh, 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 day ash. Then I'm, I'm, I'm making the right decision. Then, okay. Um, you you look. Uh, what is the word kids are using these days? Uh, uh, swole, I think is the word the kids use now. Swole. So and swollen. He, yeah. Swole. He um, thinks you got <laughs> buff. Buff is what I'm saying. You look like you have been shredded. You have gained some some muscle. That. That's what I mean. I probably should have just said that, but that's that, that's what I mean. And he, he, he just like, like uh, he he has this look on his face. If he, if he could bury his face in Desi's hair and vanish, he would at that moment. And Dacos, you look great. Dacos is like, yes, I know. I I, I do think I look rather good. Um, I rather enjoy not having wrinkles. It's, it's, it's very nice. I can. I'm, I'm springy again. That's, that's exciting. Like the uh, Chiro's like, yeah, that that that's you know, um, this has gotten awkward, and I'm just going to stop. Now. Um, and Elder Carrera. Comes by. Yeah, I, I, I think it's about time that we finally fit you with that new arm. Uh, 
probably going to take it an hour or so. Anyway, so you'll have, you know, your right arm back in time for dinner. And he's, oh, thank you. Yes, yes, gladly I will go and, 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 and get another arm. Um, you all, I will see you all. And just doesn't finish the sentence. And he and Desi just like stumble off after Albert Carrera uh, through the doors leading to uh, their workshop. Uh, and little Carrera kind of trails off behind him. Oh, sorry, Billy. I got no spot. Okay, I was like, you saw the spot, right? Right next to me, little guy. That's right. (laughs) And he just kind of runs off behind uh, the adults. Wait for me, guys! Almost runs into the door as it closes. And like pushes the door. (laughs) I did that on purpose. And he just walks through the door. And I think that is where we will end our session tonight. (laughs) <laughs> so, lots of things happened. Um, the official message from Samara was a fantastic thing that happened. Well, fantastic and kind of sad. Um, sadly but, fantastic. Uh, sadly fantastic? We have a purpose again. Yes, we now have a structure and an order and a purpose. No hurtling uh, through the plains. Yes, yes, which is fairly nice. You have uh, instructions from the former head of the circle herself to rebuild the order, rebuild, uh, which is good. Uh, You are now, uh, as the only members of the actual agent, uh, you are now the council, which... What? Are we like SG-1? Like that's that's probably a, a very apt uh, metaphor. Yeah, guys are, SG1. Uh, so, uh, to, to the rest of the Stargate universe, you are SG one. <laughs> Although I don't know that you. I mean, you might go and visit some other planes. I spoilers. Shut up. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah. Uh, some really cool things happened, and uh, you all have a, a, a task and a direction, uh, which is going to be fantastic. I am super excited uh, that tonight happened and that we have had a fun and fantastic first episode of the stream. Uh, thank you once again to ADH Adventures uh, having us here with you. We're so excited to be part of the family, yeah. uh, and uh, we look forward to more. Um, music credits. Uh, our opening uh, and uh, break theme, as well as our ending theme, was composed by Joffrey B. Gibbs, uh, who has worked on our sound for the podcast uh, since uh, the podcast was a thing, and will continue to be in our corner for that. Um, he is a fantastic musician and an amazing friend and an amazing guy. Um, he actually played. Uh, pilot, uh, who is our, or was our paladin, uh, for a, a few sessions, uh, before he had to discontinue. Uh, but he is with us in spirit and he, uh, we, we miss him, 
but uh, he's still with us in all the other ways that matter. So thank you, Joff, for all your hard work, and we love you, man. Um, yeah. Uh, so thank you all, all of you who tuned in to watch, who joined us in the raid. Uh, thank you so much for coming out, uh, for making this, uh, for helping to make this as special to me as I had hoped it would be. Uh, to my cast, uh, thank you all so much for being the wonderful cast that you are. And uh, I look forward to all of our next sessions uh, in this new format, um, which is also still going to podcast. So don't worry about that, those of you uh, who came in because of the podcast. It will also still be an audio podcast as well. Uh, so, huzzah. Um, and uh, yeah, we will see you all next time in two weeks. Uh, we'll be here every week, every other, ah, every other Friday at 8.30 Pacific Standard Time uh, for Agents of the Circle. Until then, thank you. We love you all. Be good to each other. And may the dice roll ever in your favor. Take care, everyone. Hi there, this is Sphinx Akasha, and this is the Agents of the Circle podcast. If you'd like to hear more of what we're doing, the other episodes can be found on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and now Spotify. Thanks again for listening, and may the dice roll ever in your favor.